So hello everyone and welcome to the eighth session now in our Accessibility Insights series where AbilityNet's Head of Inclusion Robin Christofferson hosts a monthly online chat with individuals who are each working to improve digital accessibility and digital inclusion. And this month he's chatting to Sarah Herlinger, who is Senior Director of Global Accessibility Policy and Initiatives at Apple. Um, I'm Annie Mannion and I'll, I'm Digital Communications Manager at AbilityNet and I'll be running you through today's session. So just to go through a few bits of housekeeping. Um, we've got slides available at um, slideshare.net forward slash AbilityNet and um, you can also find them on our website at abilitynet.org.uk forward slash insights dash apple. And, um, if you have any technical issues and you need to leave early, don't worry, you'll receive an email in a couple of days time with the recording, the transcript and the slides. Um, and depending on how you joined the webinar, you'll find a Q&A window to ask questions. Um, if you want to ask Sarah or Robin any questions, please do drop those into the Q&A area um, and they'll answer those after today's session in a follow up blog on our website and that will be at forward slash insights dash apple as well and then and um, finally we also have a feedback page you'll be directed to at the end um, which invites you to tell us about any future topics you'd like us to cover in our webinar um, series so please do let us know so now over to robin and sarah brilliant thank you annie thank you so much so yes, a huge welcome to Sarah for taking some time out of what is, I'm sure, a hugely busy schedule to talk to us about Apple and everything that's going on. Man, it's been a busy time. But before we get onto that, we always start off these sessions by asking you what beverage you've got, what drink you have to help you get through this ordeal. So I've got a cup of tea and I've got a horrible feeling this is a mug with the Union Jack on, which um, I don't know why I picked that one. Uh, I'm super <laughs> depressed about Brexit. But anyway, so um, <laughs> have you got a beverage to help you get through? I do. I will admit uh, coffee is my vice. Um, I, I came to it late in life, but uh, once I did, I did so with a vengeance. So um, lost time. Yes, I'm not quite the coffee drinker. Brilliant. Great. So um, thank you very much indeed for joining us. So as I alluded to a moment ago, it has been a very, very busy time for Apple 2020 and in particular, you know, the last quarter maybe of 2020, but the whole of the year really has been massively busy for Apple. Do you want to give us some, uh, you know, get the ball rolling by giving us some, some personal highlights or what you think are, you know, the particular things that um, have been exciting in recent months at Apple? Sure, yeah. Um, 2020 was quite a year for us. Uh, we had a, a lot that went on. Um, and I think it, it starts off with just some amazing hardware um, that was delivered over the course of the year. Um, it, you know, I think uh, amongst those that are beloved by all of the many communities is the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And this year with the uh, iPhone 12 lineup, um, quite a, a great mix of, of products. Um, you know, starting with the mini uh, as a, a new, you know, the iPhone 12 mini is a, a smaller device along the same lines as the SE. Um, so really good for uh, fitting in smaller hands. Um, I know within the blind community, 
they often don't need the larger real estate of some of the bigger devices. Mm -hmm. So one that is really nice and compact and easy to use. Um, also, uh, last year with the, uh, the the iPhone SE, the second generation that came out, and um, with that one, it gives the option in that same sort of basic size uh, of one with Touch ID and one with Face ID. So depending on what your needs are or what your preferences are, um, an option for both, but then also the iPhone uh, 12 and then getting into the, the Pro lineup of the iPhone 12 Pro and iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, also two amazing uh, devices. Um, I think that one of the keys there is with the addition of LiDAR in those two devices, it adds some really interesting functionality um, that I'll talk about a little bit more later because I wanted to focus on hardware at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, we had uh, some great additions to the Mac lineup. Um, now with the uh, new generation of the latest MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, uh, all powered by the uh, M1 chip, which is our our own proprietary, you know, breakthrough system on a chip designed specifically for the Mac. This just gives uh, better performance, um, better speed, just a lot of great things that make these M1 Max just a fabulous addition um, for 2020. Um, also, you know, we delivered the new HomePod Mini, um, which is just uh, an awesome new way to create a personalized and, and deeply integrated experience for those who have iPhone and, and those with iPhone and Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also got the great new intercom feature, um, which is just a fabulous way to be able to connect and communicate with others throughout your household or even those who are not in the same um, building that have gone out uh, in the world which, you know, for those who uh, just want to communicate with um, anyone in their vicinity and make sure that everyone knows everyone is safe and good and uh, needs are met, um, great way to have that intercom on there. Um, also, AirPods Max, um, those were, were brought out just at the very end of 2020. And I think that's a great addition to the AirPods family for those who prefer that kind of over-ear uh, headphone experience, the, the, the quality, the sound quality, and just the, the performance of them is really fantastic. So um, it has been uh, a lot going on with hardware. And I should actually also mention, um, we did a, a huge update to the accessibility website uh, at the end of 2020 as well. So for anyone who wants to find out more about our products and our accessibility features, um, we did this really just to make it easier for all of our users to discover and learn more about the accessibility benefits that are available in all of our products. And so I think this gives a um, just a quick, simple, easy way to know what features are there, what products they're available on, and then also drop you into some um, great kind of how-tos and, and uh, things to just sort of get you started and learn how to use them and then to dive deeper on them. So. We, Dozens we of brilliant busy. videos on in the Accessibility Center. Really, really good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very I mean, much. The, you mentioned the M1. I mean, I'm talking to you here on a 16-inch MacBook. I My daily driver is a Mac Mini, and I'm really, really excited to get my hands on uh, an M1, some Apple Silicon. Um, that'll happen sooner or later. I'm twisting 
arms as we speak. And you mentioned the, you know, the integration with the Apple Watch when it comes to the HomePod Mini. Um, the thing that I'm particularly excited about is, is Apple Fitness Plus and the integration with the Apple Watch, because I think a lot of people are going to be, um, you know, focusing on fitness with the new year. Uh, that's kind of a perennial um, New Year's resolution, isn't it? So I think that's brilliant with the really good descriptions of, you know, the yoga positions or whatever the particular workout exercise is. Um, so that's that's brilliant news for people that don't necessarily want to go out and, you know, go to gyms and have one-to-one fitness instruction. So yeah, Apple Fitness Plus as well. It's been a really busy year, hasn't it? Yep, no rest for the weary. We got a lot <laughs> going on. <laughs> so let's broaden it out a bit. And I want to sort of take your mind back to even say the last decade, because so much has happened. I mean, you know, you've just mentioned what the last few months have, um, you know, the changes that we've seen there, particularly in hardware, but also in services and updates to software, etc. Um, we're going to look ahead soon. But you know, looking back uh, over the decade, you know, what, what sort of big changes do you see either within Apple, or within the kind of inclusion arena more broadly? What's your kind of big takeaways from the last decade? Yeah, well, I think um, the biggest thing I would say that I, I feel like I've, I've seen or really appreciated is um, being able to take accessibility out of the fringes and normalize it into consumer products, which has really been the core of what we've tried to do. Um, you know, at Apple, we've included accessibility in basically everything that we've done um, across the line. Whatever products we make, we really try and think about how anyone who would want to use them has the opportunity to do so. And so, you know, I think for us, we try to show that focusing on accessible design um, could enable some of the most popular consumer products ever to also serve as really powerful assistive technology. Um, you know, I, I think when you look back at, uh, you know, I guess really over the last decade and a year, so 2009, when we came out with voiceover on iOS, mm -hmm. um, it was the first time that someone had made a touchscreen consumer product accessible um, for the blind community. And then since then, everything we've done in terms of supporting physical motor and, you know, just really building in all of these assistive technologies so that right out of the box, it's available for you um, for whatever you want to do. You know, it's, it's that kind of customization that goes beyond just a couple of, of, you know, here's an accessibility feature and that's it. It's how do we make sure that every person who wants to use the device the way that they want to has the opportunity to do so. And I think that, really did pull accessibility from being um, single use devices, additional things, both in terms of purchases and just extra stuff that you had to carry or use mm -hmm. into just making people see basic consumer products as um, something that leveled the playing field, something that, uh, you know, mitigates social stigma that everyone can use that um, you know, your tech support could just as easily be a family member who was a member of the blind community or someone who's a quadriplegic or someone in the deaf community, or it doesn't matter because they're all using the same device and whoever is the one who's best at it 
can just be the person who, you know, helps the family or whatever it might be. It just, it becomes easy. Absolutely. The mainstreaming of inclusion, as you say, you know, has been massive. The products that I use on a daily basis are completely different from 10 years ago. I don't think there's any specialist ones at all. I don't own any specialist products anymore. And the prioritization that Apple have always given to inclusion uh, means that I've always been confident that when the next big thing came out, you know, every single hardware announcement, not just last year, but, you know, in the last decade, I've always been confident that we're going to be uh, able to, you know, keep with the with the latest and greatest and, you know, be part of that kind of ongoing party of tech. So it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, so the next question is about how within Apple or maybe more broadly as well, you know, that kind of agenda has been pushed forward. Um, I just want to mention about how brilliant it was in iOS 13, I think it was bringing accessibility out from under general because that just said volumes, you know, everybody's different. Nobody should really settle for a vanilla out of the box experience. You know, we all are different shapes and sizes. We slide up and down the impairment scale on a, an hourly basis as we use our phones in different extreme environments. And somebody um, in a recent webinar that I was listening to said that if you do a, a mind map or a, you know, a spider diagram of all the settings within the settings app in iOS, accessibility will actually be more than half of the whole <laughs> settings uh, you know, app. So all the options within accessibility are hugely powerful. So people ignore those at their peril, but yeah. So how have you seen that change within Apple and how has that kind of continued to be prioritized over the recent years? Yeah, well, I think um, one of the, the core things for us that has helped us to be able to achieve that is the fact that we have always seen accessibility as one of our core corporate values. Um, and I think, you know, rather than having that just be an element of, you know, corporate social responsibility, it truly is a value that's reflected in all of our fundamental design. Um, you know, for everyone at Apple, whether their title has accessibility in it or not, we strive to ensure that anyone in any role at Apple understands that accessibility is important to us and treating customers with disabilities with dignity and respect is pivotal to who we are as people. And so, um, you know, the more that we have been able to, um, to, to push that within the, our own walls to, you know, educate our own employees on what we're building, what's in there, what they can be using, regardless of whether they self-identify as having a disability or not. You know, to your point, there are so many amazing features within the accessibility settings that can be super helpful to you throughout your day, even if that's, you know, your use of that is productivity or communication and collaboration rather than a specific, you know, you may not be a part of the community for which it was intended, it can still be a really powerful tool for you. So we always work to educate our own employees and make them proud of the work that we're doing, but then also internalize that into everything that they do. Um, and I think then what comes out of that is a lot of the innovation around what we're doing, because by getting every employee to think about it, 
I think one of the things that sets us apart is that because we build all of our own hardware, software, and operating systems, we can really not just infuse accessibility across all of them, but have these amazing teams with their expertise be coming to us to say, we have a great idea, or we have a really cool thing we're working on. How do you think that might benefit the community? And I think as a, a great example of this, um, when you think about LiDAR, which I mentioned was in the new iPhone 12 Pro and iPhone 12 Pro Max, mm -hmm. um, the, the inclusion of the LiDAR scanner in the uh, sort of camera element of the device means that now we can do a lot more for individuals who are blind and low vision. Mm -hmm. um, now as a part of Magnifier, um, a couple of things have been improved. One of which is that you can now have better awareness of what's in front of you. Um, the Through Magnifier, the iPhone will describe to you, you know, people, objects, and other environmental elements as they appear in the magnifier's viewfinder. And that's working dynamically. So for example, as you're walking down the street, being able to give you information, even as the, um, the elements around you change. Uh, but another really great one we did was add in a feature called people detection, um, which as it sort of, as the name suggests, it uh, detects um, any person in close proximity to you as you once again, move through space and notifies the user both uh, or through a number of different ways with um, uh, you know a, a voiceover sound out of what it uh, is where they are also giving you a um, a tone that it says if someone enters your threshold area vibrations and then a visual readout of where someone is in proximity to you so that um, you know, you can have a better understanding as you move through space as to where others are around you. And I think this, you know, certainly has great applicability uh, today as we are currently living in a an unprecedented time where obviously knowing where people are around you and making sure that you're able to um, properly social distance is incredibly important, but Really, this is a feature that we started working on long before 2020 became 2020. And <laughs> we did it really to just help with even some of the more mundane things in life, like, you know, shopping or commuting, where we had uh, some of our teammates, some of our employees who are blind who came in and said, you know, one of the things I still struggle with is. For example, if I'm standing in a line, it's yep. I don't know whether the person in front of me has moved forward. So how can I better have an understanding of just where I am in relation to other people? Mm -hmm. um, and then when all of 2020 happened, we we worked to make sure that we got this out in a timely manner so that we could um, use it not just for those reasons, but for some of the ones that have come up this year as a, a huge priority. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the kind of um, go to way of, of seeking assistance pre COVID was to borrow somebody's elbow to take mm -hmm. you from the ticket barrier to the train uh, carriage or to help sure. you advance in a queue. But I don't know about over there, but here in the UK, that's the elbow that people are told to cough into if they haven't got 
a tissue. <laughs> so that's not oh good. My. That's not good. <laughs> um, so something like this was hugely timely. So yeah, absolutely. And it intelligently, you know, the people detection one locks onto the kind of the nearest person. So it'll jump from one person to another in a quite a, you know, changing crowd, you know, or situation where people are coming and going and passing you by in different directions and stuff. So it's really, really useful. So what about um, COVID and the pandemic more broadly? What has it um, brought to the fore or changed focus on within Apple? Or is it just the fact that because you were already on that page, prioritizing inclusion that you were just really well positioned to be able to give people what they needed and you know you were already thinking about what inclusion was like and helping people in really diverse situations so anything to say on how covid kind of changed how things were prioritized or done within apple yeah well i think um you know thankfully i am uh very <laughs> um well, I guess I would say I'm very thankful at the fact that we have always prioritized this. So in coming into a year like this, I think we were um, we were well positioned with a lot of features that are beneficial. But I think even with that being said, um, given no one could have known, you know, the, the world we live in right now, um, I think it still made us realize even more how much technology is important to enabling independence. Um, you know, it's really been the key to, well, to both independence, but also to connection, you know, to the fact that we are all in one form or another isolated, whether that be in bubbles or alone. And um, I think we are relying on uh, technology so much more than we ever have in order to be able to exist through the course of this experience. And so making sure for, you know, from our perspective that we build technology that supports that across the board, um, I think is really just been incredibly um, important and interesting for us to even note what you know, the stories that we hear of people, how they're using our technology and what it's done. Um, I think one of the other things I find interesting and really, you know, good is I think more people are starting to realize that um, in a world like this, and when you are working from home and you are relying on technology, when that technology is made to be accessible, it really does level the playing field for people. So I am hopeful that in terms of things like employment and connection that people will learn from this and um, begin to give more opportunity. Absolutely, because a lot of people who had support around them, either in the workplace or you know, a, a friends or family support network are having to, have had to go it alone for much of 2020. <laughs> so to have devices that are truly inclusive and uh you know giving you that extra bit of help perhaps to bridge the gap where maybe the the applications or the apps that you need to use solo that you might have had some support with otherwise um have been uh, made more inclusive so you know in ios 14 um voiceover recognition you know screen recognition things that are built in that will cleverly you know in a smart way uh interpret what's going on on an app that might not be 100 accessible gives people that independence. So 
yeah, you guys have been busy <laughs> in recent yeah. months during COVID. Yeah. Certainly. And yes, voice of our recognition, that's another great one to bring up. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's been one, I think, particularly the screen recognition part that mm -hmm. has great applicability, as you said. Um, you know, our goal is always that we want developers to make their apps accessible because clearly even with screen recognition, they're going to do a better job than we could because they know exactly what they want each element to be experienced or how they want it experienced by someone. But we also, you know, believe that everyone should have access to apps and as much as we can help um, with bringing more of that information forward, uh, we want to do it. So that was another uh, big and wonderful project that we took on over the course of 2020 um, and leading up to it, certainly, to really use uh, machine learning and AI as a way to build out um, just some massive models of um, screen elements so that we can do a much better job of just through machine learning on device. Um, so not going up to the cloud, but just on your device itself, being able to better understand, you know, what's a button, what's a slider, what's a, any of the elements that might be in an app so that it just really makes a lot of apps that were otherwise um, largely inaccessible, something that can be very usable by the community now. Yeah, and this is where developers, for whatever reason, didn't kind of do the the accessibility adjustments that uh, they are guided to do when developing apps. There are apps out there that have always been problematic, but now, in large part, you know that that extra level of intelligence has made them really, really usable. And so, you know, it can make all the difference when you know in a business critical situation to be able to use a particular application, say. But it also adds a lot of delight. So for the very first time, I'm getting all people's user profile images uh, described to me in social media apps, for example, or messaging <laughs> apps. So I now know what everybody looks like, which is really, really cool. So very quickly, because we're running out of time, just looking ahead, do you think AI is where it's going to be at in the next decade? Or have you got other ideas about what the big changes coming up might be? Yeah, um, you know, we don't uh, we don't really talk about what we're working on next. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, whether it be AI uh, or other areas, I think the big thing that I see is just by having added accessibility in and leveling that playing field, um, it, it means that we're not focusing, we don't need to focus as much on building out the fundamental assistive technology and we can focus on using all of the cool things that the general population is using or is excited about over this next 10 years and figuring out how to not just make those things accessible, but to use them to our advantage. And so whether it's AI, whether it's, you know, other forms of machine learning or, or any of these things, LIDAR, you know, hardware benefits, whatever they might be, our goal is to figure out how to make them um, just better for our communities themselves. And these new uh, hardware, uh, you know, developments like LIDAR, et cetera, beautiful thing is that they tend to get leveraged for the disabled community right from the early days of their introduction, which is really, really good. You know, we don't have to twiddle our thumbs thinking, well, what are they going to do with this new thing? So yeah, that's really good. I think I'm really excited about AI machine learning. 
um, you know, to take us to that next level and, you know, describing what's around us, give us more access to things that have been problematic up till now. So yeah, brilliant. Um, we're going to finish off then with, I've loved this conversation, by the way, thank you very much. Uh, so every month we um, speak to a fantastic person like yourself. Last month it was Alejandro Molido. He's policy coordinator at the European Disability Foundation. And he had, we always ask them for a comment or question to ask the next guest. So he said, what is the most positive aspect that accessibility legislation has had on Apple's work? He's very big on policy, as it suggests in his title. So um, have you got a, a response to Alejandro? Yeah, I, I know Alejandro well, so um, I am I'm not surprised. It's a great question. Um, you know, it's an interesting one because I think legislation has been an essential part of the journey towards improving access and equality for people with disabilities all over the world. I mean, certainly it is incredibly important. Um, but I would also argue that from Apple's perspective, because we consider accessibility to be one of our core values, we've really always tried not to think about it as a compliance issue mm -hmm. um, or one that's really about checking a set of boxes. I mean, when you think about accessibility at Apple, we, we actually uh, started our first Office of Disability in 1985, which was five years before the Americans with Disabilities Act came to be. And I think that um, kind of helps to illustrate that our, our efforts to do this are really um, you know, firmly set in doing the right thing, not necessarily doing just what has been uh, you know, deemed as a, a piece of, of legislation. So um, for us, I think the, the, the elements that come up through legislation are great baseline elements. Um, but I think we always strive to not just do more, but to do the things that are best suited on our devices um, to make accessibility, once again, just a seamless part of the experience. Absolutely. And you can certainly tell that accessibility isn't a, a compliance issue within Apple. It's not a box ticking exercise. Far far from it so yeah brilliant uh caroline casey we're hoping will be next month's guest so she's the you know valuable 500 uh creator founder yeah. they're doing a brilliant job getting um you know global brands to prioritize accessibility well disability in the boardroom and you know at the trustee level anything that you'd like to pass on either a comment or a question to caroline next month I guess my question for Caroline would be, what is the technology that you relied upon most during uh, the year of 2020 with all that was brought on by COVID? Brilliant question. It might not be Apple products, but it might be. <laughs> but either way, yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be many Apple products in there. But yeah, that's a brilliant question. Really good because disability obviously is something that um, Apple does so well in, in catering for people's needs, so it may well feature large. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed, Sarah. Have a brilliant rest of 2021. Um, let's see where we go. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you very much. Well, same to you. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Always great to talk to you, Robin. Likewise. Thank you so much. And we'll pass back to Annie to just do a closing bit of housekeeping. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Sarah and Robin. Um, there are loads of questions that we hope to answer online in the next few days. And um, so you'll receive an email with the link. Um, so just to go through a bit more information that might be of interest to you, uh, we also run online training sessions on digital accessibility. And you can find out more at abilitynet.org.uk forward slash training. Um, you can use an exclusive 10% off discount code available to webinar registrants, which is AbilityNet Webinar 10, which is one zero. And um, some of the training courses are available for roles, including content creators and editors, designers, developers, testers, project managers, and leadership. And also we have some new um, courses for higher and further education professionals in 2021. And then, um, just to finish up, uh, we've also got um, our newsletter, which you can um, hear about the latest announcements um, in digital accessibility. Uh, we've got our YouTube channel, um, our podcast, and then we have a suite of accessibility services to suit your organization. And then don't forget about our next webinars at forward slash webinars. And that's all from me. So thanks again, Sarah and Robin, and everyone that's joined us today, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Bye, everyone.